Amen and amen and amen. Glory to God. You may be seated for just a few moments and we're going to go to God's Word this morning. I have been given uh, an instruction and some of you have heard part of what I'm going to bring you before. We're going to revisit it, uh, not to repeat something, not because we don't have hundreds of different things and areas we could go to, but because I have been instructed by the Lord to teach on how to receive the answer, how to receive the answer when you pray. And the reason that God wants this to get through to us, my wife and I were talking this morning about someone who had a particular need, and we had been interceding for them, but we were not overly concerned. We're always compassionately concerned with anyone's need, but we're not fearful that God isn't going to come through or God isn't going to help them. God's people come to the Lord and see His person first and then see His promises to us. And one of the great problems among God's people is answers to prayer. When I was prayed for after a stroke, People prayed all over the place, and I give credit to the intercessory prayers of God's people. Not taking my personal faith in Him, but this corporate praying. One of you can chase a thousand, two of you can put ten thousand to flight. That's multiplying that power. So I believe in calling people together to pray. The more people praying in agreement, if two of you gather together in my name, He said, I'm there. You know what that means? He's here right now. But He's not just here to give us a liver shiver. He's here to manifest Himself in the form of our need to answer our prayers. We have exceeding great and precious promises given to us. And the greater ones is that we might partake of His nature before any other lesser promises are obtained. But when those promises are obtained, the Bible said in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, they obtained promises. By faith, they obtained promises. What if every personal promise from God to the covenant children, to the New Testament believer, was received in our life? What if every covenant promise of God was received in our life. Every personal promise that He's made to us. When you get to heaven, you won't need anything He's promised you down here. Amen? His promise to deliver you from Satan's snares, you won't need it in heaven. The devil's not going to be there. Promise to heal your body. Amen. Not going to need it in heaven. You'll have a glorified body like His body. You'll never be sick again. Amen. His promise to deliver you from trouble. <laughs> There's not going to be any troublemakers in heaven. The Achans will be busy, as the song said, far away. They'll have troubles of their own. They won't be giving us trouble. Amen. But down here, we're going to have the trouble. And all my life, I, 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 I tried to develop faith to receive the promise without those necessary underpinnings of that faith. Because... I would pray and then try to use my faith to believe. And that's an open door for the devil to come in circumstantially and begin to 
show us things other than God's faithfulness. Everybody's getting answered to prayer in this room has a spirit of anticipation, holy anticipation. Everybody that's not getting answered prayer questioning God in some form. There's no real joy without answered prayer. He said in John 15, I've spoken these things, that whole chapter, unto you. I've spoken it for a reason. I've spoken it for a purpose. And he spoke about fruitfulness. And part of our fruitfulness is that we're able to pray and get an answer for ourselves and for others. That's what makes intercession so powerful. When people interceded for me and, and believed that God was going to do something in my behalf, and when he did, it brought joy to the camp. My aunt received the message. She called me in the hospital, and she was crying. And she's my aunt by marriage, not, you know, it was my, my, my wife's aunt. But I came into the family, and they embraced me. Don't ask me why, but they, they embraced me. Amen. And, uh, and Aunt Janelle. Of course, I knew Janelle very, very well. Because she and uh, we used to, me and Junior, who was my uncle, my uncle was a year younger than me because of the family situation on my wife's side. So my aunt, two years older than me, and my uncle a year younger than me, uh, uh, my dad and mom, their dad and mom would go to bed, and she would make this humongous tray of french fries. Wow. I mean, just big, I mean deep fried, none of this air-blown stuff, deep fried, salted generously, not a pinch of salt, but shake it all over them. And then right in the middle, take a bowl and take about a half a bottle of ketchup, squeeze it into that bowl, or shake it into that bowl, so that every time you got a French fry, you could just slather it with ketchup. And it all had to come together with RC Cola, in those, those, remember the metal, little, thin, aluminum glasses that sweat on the outside when you put ice drink on the inside? Uh, my, her grandpa, Pentecostal preacher, he loved R.C. Cola. So they always had R.C.s, and she'd break out the R.C.s. Twelve o'clock, it's coming, it's coming, midnight is coming, and shock Armstrong. This was before Dr. Paul Bearer. A man here in Tampa. You remember Dr. Paul Barrett showed the horror movies? Well, Shock Armstrong was before him, and he's kind of a Frankenstein-looking guy. They put, a, they put shoulder pads on him in a football jersey uh, so he would look bigger than he was. And, uh, and honey, I'm going to tell you, eating French fries, drinking RC Cola, amen, <laughs> and watching that horror movie, glory to God. It didn't get any better than that. And, and my aunt, when she came to the Lord, she really came to the Lord. She attended a church of hundreds, I don't know, eight or 900 people in, in uh, Alabama. And uh, so when she got the message, she called me. She, says, she said, we're praying for you. You're part of this family. And I, th I said, thank you so much. Every time I heard somebody say, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying, my heart just jumped up and jumped up and jumped up again because I believe that God hears and answers prayer. I believe. He said, call upon me in the time of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. 
Well, my deliverance brought glory to Him. Amen. If it's for our good and His glory, God is going to answer. He loves to do good because He's, he's a good God. Amen. And every good gift comes down from Him. And when she reported back to them, I think, I, I don't know when they prayed together for me, but they have this prayer thing, you know, where everybody puts in their request. When she stood up and gave testimony of God raising me up from a debilitating stroke on the third day, walking out of the hospital with no residue from the stroke. That's been about seven years ago, I guess. Uh, it's been a long time ago. God is faithful. She's telling her doctor how faithful God was to me. Amen. He's a Christian, but he's not used to answered prayer either. You can tell he's not used to answered prayer. He's a man of science. And sometimes when people are just looking at data and, and, and physical things, they can lose sight of the supernatural power and presence of God. Well, I'm a living, breathing example of the supernatural presence and power of God. Amen. Diagnosed with, uh, with leukemia and healed completely of leukemia when I was a young child without bone marrow transplants, without any medication, with a death warrant hanging over me. My parents were told to just give him nutritious food. I heard the doctor say, Dr. Paul Menthorne, he said, and someone in this congregation knew about him and knew right where his office was. So, so I wish I had the, the actual paperwork from my diagnosis because before prayer, I was dying with leukemia. After prayer, amen. And the next visit to him, he wrote down on my report, spontaneous remission. I like that. That's accurate. Can you say amen? The cancer left. It didn't leave because of any outside stimulant naturally, but it left because of a supernatural answer to a prayer of faith that was prayed over me. And I'm going to tell you something about me. I've been trying to get back my whole adult life to that faith I had when I went forward for prayer. To a childlike, simplistic faith instead of some kind of complicated thing. A, a very simplistic faith. I grew up watching black and white TV, watching Oral Roberts, and then I went to the tent meetings where he was ministering. And I saw miracles. I saw them for myself. I saw two Tampa police officers uh, come down when he prayed for someone to confirm what happened to them to the audience. They were there to help with the crowd control, but he invited them to come down and, 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 and see and watch God do these things. I was in Jack Coe's tent. All across the top were crutches. All across the back were empty wheelchairs. I saw devils cast out. I heard them speak and saw them have to leave. And I, I knew there was power in the name of Jesus. I didn't know all the scriptural, theological things, but I knew there is authority and power in the name of Jesus Christ. And I knew God still hears and answers prayer today. And miracles are not something relegated to, to the old Bible days. And someone asked me, do you believe God heals today? I asked them, do you believe God answers prayer today? 
Do you believe God answers any prayer? Do you believe God answers a sinner's prayer? Because if He answers prayer, it's not about does He heal, does He answer prayer? For the prayer of faith will save the, the prayer. See, let's get it off of this argument over is this, are the days of miracles over? If the days of miracles are over, the day of answered prayer is gone forever. The God who said call on me doesn't mean it. The Jesus who said knock and it shall be opened. Seek and you shall find. Ask and you shall receive. Well, the problem is we've got to believe when we ask. And here's what Jesus said, and you've heard it before, but this is my assignment to get this over. Because if everyone in here believed that you received it, and it's in the will of God. There's no devil, there's no circumstance that can keep God from answering that prayer. Now, if you're praying for somebody, their will is involved. He won't force their will. But He will knock and He will call. He will make them pretty miserable. They won't be able to find peace or happiness. Hope nobody's in that room. They'll come in here and say, what's going on in there? Amen? They're not used to me. Here's what Jesus said. Are you interested in, in this? Listen to what He said. Mark's Gospel 11, verse 24. And I'm going to just read some Scripture real quick. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, that's important. Underscore that in your heart, in your mind, in your Bible. When you pray, whatever your need is from God, when you pray, believe when you pray. Everybody say, when you pray. You don't pray and wait and see. You don't pray and then begin to stand on the Word. You can stand on the Word after you pray if you believed when you pray. But, but if you don't believe when you pray, the devil has a wedge. Because a lot of times, after you pray, the circumstances are going to go in the opposite direction. The symptoms may get worse before they get better. I can almost guarantee you the situation will get worse before it gets better. Because the enemy is going to fight your Consistent faith and persistent faith. He wants you to give up, become impatient, become doubtful before the answer comes. Let me finish one thing. When my aunt stood up in her church and said, do you know the preacher that we prayed for in Tampa that had the stroke that was in the hospital? God raised him up on the... Second half, second half of the third day, and he walked out with no symptoms. The whole church, she said, stood up and began to praise God. Amen. Why? Because a prayer was answered. God came through. God manifested Himself, and it gave courage to other people with needs in their own life. You see, the devil wants to take me out because... Because if he did, you would say, look, what he's preaching doesn't even work for him. 
And I know pastors and preachers that have all kinds of prayer needs that are not being met. And they are discouraged, and they are disappointed, and they are disillusioned with God themselves many times. This problem of unanswered prayer has to be addressed because it all hinges on answered prayer. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. God says of intercession and I look for a man among them. I look for a man among them. I look for a man. Isn't it amazing that the God of glory who is sovereign looked for a man. God has chosen to work in cooperation with His creation. He didn't have to, but He chose to do it that way. He said, I want to show mercy and give a space for repentance. I really want to do that. I will to do that. So I looked for a man among them. Who would do what? Stand in the gap. Did you know sin creates a gap? My hand is not short that it cannot save. My ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. But your sins have separated between you and your God. But he says, I really would, I want to show mercy. I want to restore. I want to give a space for repentance. I want people to come back to me so I can come back to them and keep my covenant with them. So I look for a man among them. To stand in the gap and make up the hedge. I did some research on that and I found out in ancient times, sometimes due to, due to uh, uh, an earthquake maybe, part of the wall would crumble. Or due to an attack of an enemy, there would be a breach in the wall. And you know what they would do at night? They would take their mightiest warrior and he would stand in the gap. He would not only sound an alarm if anyone tried to come through that gap, but he would be so intimidating to the enemy that they didn't want to face him one-on-one. The mightiest warrior stood in that gap all night long and said, if you come through here, you're going to have to come through me. Isn't that incredible? I look for a man. When God looks for what, 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 what is this? We're putting it all on God. And God said, I'm going to work in tandem with you. I look for a man to stand in the gap. I look for a man to make up the hedge. Remember when Moses did that? Their sins were so bad. God said, you know, the best thing I can do is just get rid of this, this people. And, and Moses said, you know, they're going to say you brought them out of here and killed them. You didn't bring them out here. You ain't going to get no glory out of killing them. I'm a, take me. Go ahead. He stood in the gap and it, it touched God's heart. That's what God wanted all along to show mercy. His mercies are new every morning. But He needed a man to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. If you're saved today, somebody prayed for you somebody, somewhere. You may not meet them until you get to heaven. You may know exactly who they were. 
when you were pronounced dead in the hospital and they covered you up. It's all over. Somebody began to stand in the gap. Make up the hedge. Somebody prayed for you and God raised you up and brought you out. And every day that you live and breathe, the devil gets a black eye. Hallelujah. Amen. He's proven a liar. And God has proven to be true and faithful. (laughs) And that's why the devil fights you tooth and toenail. Because you're an advertisement for the faithfulness of God. That's this guy right here. And he looks looks awfully good to me today. I I know he could wrestle me to the ground without a doubt. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is faithful. No wonder the devil wants to work like he does. God said, I work with my creation. Behold, I give you power and authority. Jesus said, I give it to you, power and authority. I give it to you as my Father sent me, so send I you. Can you say man? Behold, I give you power and authority over how much? All. Not 50%, 90%, But I give you power over all the power of the devil. But that power is released through faith and through the mighty, matchless, majestic name of Jesus. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give it you. But when you pray, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. When you pray. When you pray. When you pray. I'm so glad for what the Lord, I'm humbled. I am grateful. Every day of my life, my son, when he had a stroke, a light stroke, he would see me out in the summer mowing my yard. I do not have a push mower. I push my mower. And the reason, he said, why don't you buy yourself a push mower? Yeah, I could have. I mean, one of those, you know, well, you know, it's not big enough for a riding mower. I mean, you know, come on. Maybe Terry would do that, but I wouldn't do that. Amen. Uh, no, we had a ride in Ward Church, but we had an acre and a half to mow. <laughs> but I was pushing it and, you know, pushing it into the ditch and pulling it back up. And, and my son said, I looked out the window and I said, there's my daddy out there in the hot sun pushing that mower. And I told him, I said, son, don't ever feel sorry for me when you see me out there being active and being strong. I am celebrating my healing. I am demonstrating my healing. I wanted him to know that God, the God that I serve is a faithful God. He's a healing God. He's a helping God. He's a prayer answering God. Amen. And every day that I'm able to push that more instead of being debilitated, amen, is a celebration of his faithfulness. Praise God. It's bringing glory to God. Sometimes, back when I used to go to the gym, someone would come up and said. And somebody did say, you know you're getting older when people say you really look good for your age. Amen. <laughs> so, so they would come up, a young man would come up and said, when I get as old as you, I hope I'm in good a shape as you are. And that inspired me. And I thought, you don't know what I've been through. You don't understand. I'm, I'm here today by the grace of God. And every time that I lift a weight, every time that I do something physical, it's not because I'm, I'm 
a gym rat that's on all kinds of, you know, taking steroids and, and drinking vitamin mixtures. And No, no, I am here by the grace and goodness of Almighty God. And my body is His temple. And I'm trying to take care of the temple. Praise God. So I can, I can be effective for Him and not, be, not, not, not before my time. A time will come when... Listen, I, I moved some furniture the other day, and I'm just now getting over it, Brother Taylor. I'm still getting over it. Amen. I got up the next morning, and this hip kind of went like that. And then my ankle down here went over sideways. And I went, I got up, and I kind of went like this. I could have packed, I could have parked in a handicap zone. I could have. If I had, you know, nobody would have doubted it because I come out and I remember when was it? It was Sherry. It was Dale and Kim. Dale and Kim. I think it was Kim pulled into a handicap zone. Got out of the car and told Dale, walk like this. Because they didn't have a sticker. Yes, Lord, this is my congregation. Thank you for the grace and mercy that you've given me to lead them. Right, Terry? Put Dale and Kim together. I said, like Heckle and Jekyll or the two Stooges, I don't know. Uh, but they were quite a mix when you put them together. When I first grew a beard at church, started with a mustache. I was in the backyard doing something, lived right behind the church, and Dale and Kim come and just looked at me. And I, at first I didn't get it, and then I realized they'd taken some marker and drew mustaches on each of them, you know. And I thought, there we go again. At least they've got some merry heart does, does. Yeah, they, well, they, they, were sa- they were saved. They got sanctified a little, a little more. And this guy right here, Mr. Sirius, when, when you put him with ditter, ditter dough, He did some things that I can't, I won't even tell. I won't even. I can't even tell it. We're going to stay way away from that. But the reason I have joy this morning is because of God's faithfulness, and I have an assignment from God, and I'm glad He assigned that to me, because I can preach on a whole lot of things that are necessary. But right now, everything that needs to be changed supernaturally is hinging on whether we can pray and get an answer from God. If my people, number one, we belong to God. He acknowledges us as His children. And that's why the Bible said, come out from among them. Come out from among them. Not be super sanctimonious and self-righteous, but come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. For what fellowship hath light with darkness, or Christ with Belial? Literally, Christ with Satan himself. Amen. Come out from among them. Be ye separate, saith God, and I will receive you, and you shall be my sons and my Daughters, saith the Lord. And I will be a father to you. I will provide. I will protect. I will keep you. 
Hallelujah. As it is written, I will live in them and I will perambulate. I will walk in them. I'll be able to, when it says perambulate, it means literally to move about freely, unencumbered. That's when the Holy Spirit is able to flow to us and then flow through us. And that's when He can read the will of God to us through the Word and through His personal revelation that we can pray according to the will of God. For if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know He hears us, we know we have the petition. When does all of that occur? It occurs when ye pray. Pentecostals were known for, for just believing God when they feel a liver shiver. And when they didn't feel God, they didn't have any faith to believe God. And we didn't fare any better after our shouting and our prophesying and our sensing of His presence in terms of living our life victoriously and getting answers to prayer. We didn't fare any better not only from denominations that didn't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, but then the world about us. Having a Father in heaven who says, Call on me in the time of trouble and I'll deliver you and thou shalt glorify me. It ought to make a difference. It ought to make a difference. It should make a big difference. Hallelujah. I remember when God was glorified on the job. And I'm glad I spent 12 years in, in another, <laughs> another area. I'm glad when I came to the Holy Church of God, the first year I continued my job with Tampa Electric, pulling underground cable in. And, and I'm, I'm, I've got the winch truck. We can see each other, but we can only communicate because of the distance by two-way radio and I've got my radio and I've got my winch truck and I'm pulling in this underground cable and that's when they were developing a particular part of Plant City and we're running all the underground utilities and that thing is that big around and it's got twists and turns to get to where I was and my truck literally with the with the winch on it was just shaking under the pressure of the pull and I, it, something went bang and I thought, something is broke. And I turned to see what it was. And when I did, I was getting the signal to stop. Because they had cut it to length. All of those hundreds of feet. And they cut it to the exact length with no extra. And they were about to lose the end at the other end. And that meant that all of it would have to probably be abandoned. Because we couldn't pull it out and use it again. And that meant that I was in deep, and Sean's not here to say the other words, so you just think it. Can you say deep trouble? Let's put it that way. Amen? And I, I, they got on the radio in my form, and he was down at the other end, and he was a high-strung guy. And he said, didn't you see me give the signal to stop? I said, no, I turned my head for just a second. He said, well, we don't have enough to make up this end. And I said, well, I said, I said, I, 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 I'm sorry. I, and then, of course, I prayed. I said, Lord, 
And it was, it was for my skin, not my sin this time. I'd already prayed about my sin, but now it's my skin. Amen. And I prayed. I said, Lord, please, I, I, I didn't mean for that to happen. I, I want to do my best. And, and, and so he yanked on it on the other end. Now, I couldn't pull it with my winch. It was about, it, my truck was shaking and shimmying. And he just grabbed it and gave it a pull. And seven inches came up. Just enough to make up the transformer. Big old humongous transformer. And he called back and said, it's okay, Robert. I got it. And when he came down to my end, I thought he's going to chew me out. And he says, you prayed, didn't you? Because <laughs> he saw I, I was... He said, you prayed, didn't you? You prayed. And I said, yes, sir, I sure did. He said, well, I knew you must have because he said, you couldn't hardly pull it in. There's no way I could by hand pull any slack. There was no slack. But he said, all of a sudden, it just came up. He gave God the credit. But he gave God the glory. But he acknowledged that God answered a prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, when it's for our good and His glory, mighty things occur. I got a reputation. People wanted me on their line crew because they believe if there's trouble, there's a praying man on here that God hears and answers. And I'm not just talking about, you know, building a building fund or the missionary. I'm talking about practical, everyday things, things that you don't... You, God didn't have to do that. But he's a prayer answering God. And it encouraged me to pray, to pray, to pray. We went out on a call out. I remember one morning we went out on a call out. A car had hit a pole and there was a pole leaning against 7,620 volts. I was supposed to set a pole in between that pole so we could change everything out. And when I was setting the pole on my equipment, I was praying. I always prayed. I'll tell you, you get out there in a thunderstorm uh, in the lightning flashing, uh, develop your prayer life. <laughs> Amen. I prayed for me. I prayed for my crew. Amen. <laughs> and I set that, set that pole. I got my... And all of this is between 7,620 live volts. And it's nighttime and the lights are shining. There's a lineman up there. And if I cross-phase it, it's going to make an arc. And, it's, and I'm praying, Lord, help me. Help me to do this. Help me to do this. Help me to do this. And, and that pole, it, when I came up with it, it went right between. It didn't shake like it usually does to the right or the left. When I started letting off, that pole went right down in the hole that was dug. And, and, and then I took a transformer, had to get it up between, and so he could just swing it over and put it on the pole. And I, he came, we got it all done, wrapped up, didn't have a problem. He walked over. He knew something had happened. He said, you know, when you set that pole, he said, it's just like it had eyes. Like it knew where to go and went where it was supposed to go. And he said, I know that you're not an experienced equipment operator. And I wasn't at the time. I was just getting used to the equipment. And you know what he said next? You know what he said. He said, you prayed, didn't you? And I said, sir, I prayed from the moment we began this whole thing. I prayed. 
But, but listen, do you understand how God is going to call upon me in the time of trouble? I will deliver you and thou shalt glorify me. It's not just you giving him the glory. It's everybody seeing the answer and giving him the glory. It's the gainsayer saying their God is real. Their God comes through. Who has a God? Oh, I can't wait to put our banner up one of these days. Who has a God like our God? Listen, how, who, how do we define Him? A God so nigh them in all that they call upon Him for. He's invisible. But when they call on Him, He does visible things. You can't see Him, but you can see when He answers the prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love that. We had close calls. We had things we didn't talk about because somebody took a shortcut and almost had a, a, a serious accident, or maybe a fatali- fatality, but it didn't happen. I remember, I'll never forget it, going out one cold morning, and we're, we're out there, and my, my controls were were they they were they were they were not smooth because it was almost freezing very few winters like that this was one of them and once again they were hanging one of those guy wires i'd put the anchor in the ground set the pole they're hanging a guy wire on it and the lineman is up there trying to place it between the hot wires with these big rubber gloves and and hang it and all of a sudden something occurred up there he made contact with 7,600 residential voltage, 7,620 volts. And I had just been holding it, and I had just laid it down on the ground because I would make it up, pull the tension on it, the chain jack, and make it up. And I had walked around to get something out of the bin of the truck. When we went out, I prayed. When we began work, I prayed for myself and my crew. Because it's dangerous work. And I heard this, ah! and smoke came up. And I knew he had made contact with that guy wire and it run the guy wire. And just about 30 seconds before, I had a hold of it without rubber gloves. It would have killed me deader than a hammer. I looked up and he was white as a ghost. And he looked down and I said, I'm okay. Are you okay? And he came down in his bucket from the bucket truck, and he said, I, Oh, Bob, I'm so glad that you're okay. I thought that it had hit you and you were over in that ditch. We were right beside a ditch. I thought you were probably down in that ditch. And he said, he said I'm so sorry. He said, You must have prayed. He said it again. You must have prayed. You must have prayed. You see, when, when, when you're known as a person of prayer, and answers to prayer become evident, and people hear about it, and people see it, it, get, it got around the plant. On National Day of Prayer, when the real political stuff between between separation of church and state and all of that, and you can't talk about God on the job and all of that stuff. A, a hardened, I mean, he's hard drinking, hard living guy, but he believed in prayer. He believed in prayer. 
I'll never forget, he, he was my foreman for the day. He's a tough egg. I saw him cut his thumb wide open, needed stitches, and he wrapped something around it, went right on working as if it never happened. I thought, that thing going to get infected. He's got that old, out here, the old thing turned black and bloody, and he kept working with it, never grunted, groaned, or complained, never missed a day of work, never went and got any stitches, and oh, that guy's unreal or crazy, one or the other. But he was tough. He was tough as nails, and he talked tough all the time. It was a national day of prayer, and we were getting ready to go out on the job, and he said, Robert, come here a minute. I said, okay, you know, I'm ready. I want to do a good job. He's a tough egg. We got the tough guy today. Robert, it's a national day of prayer. I'm not a praying man, but I believe and we need prayer in this nation. Robert, when we get out on the job, Robert, I want you to say a word of prayer. Said, oh, Lord, look at him, look at him. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Here's this guy that's not a praying man, not a spiritual man, not a religious man, but he believes there is a God in heaven who hears and answers prayer of someone who has faith in him and favor with him. Oh, come on. Somebody say favor with Him and faith in Him. Do you know that's a dynamic duo to answer prayer? If you've got favor with Him and you've got faith in Him, you can look out, honey, because the, the answer is on the way. Praise God. We got almost to Mulberry, your country. But there's a county line road, and then your outfit takes over, that little old Cracker Jack outfit. Anyway... Of rednecks, amen. We were red on the neck as anybody else. Had to be on a line crew. And we got out there beside the road, and I'll never forget it. He said, all right, everybody gather around. They called it a tailboard. You come around and you, you get the plan of action of what you're going to do, the wire you're going to run, the things you're going to accomplish. There was a man from the Tampa division that came out part of the communications part running that cable alongside with us we thought we were going to get instructions and he said before we do our tailboard it's a national day of prayer sometimes i wish i had him here hallelujah get everybody's attention this is a national day of prayer if you don't want to participate in this just go on over there and stand but if you want to you can stay but i've asked robert to pray because I believe this nation needs prayer. I expected half of them to just go on off, you know. But they didn't. Nobody moved. You know why? Because I prayed all the way out there. I said, Lord, I want to glorify you today. This has to be you. This is not normal. This is not how things operate. This is not, this is not church. This is not Christian per se people. This is the real ugly world out here. And we're out here in public by Highway 60 with the cars and trucks and everybody looking at us. And I took off my hard hat. And I bowed my head and said, Father, which art in heaven. And I peeked. <laughs> Bible said, watch and pray. Well, I peeked. 
I looked to see if there was anybody that would be in any kind of agreement with me, and not one person broke rank. And the communications guy from Tampa, he came over, and he stood with us, and I prayed that God, the God of glory, the God of heaven, the God who answers prayer would hear a, a humble cry beside Highway 60 in behalf of this nation. And I remember quoting the Scripture of my people, which are called by my name. I'm one of His. I can't speak for anybody else one way or the other here, but I, I didn't say that, but I knew I have His favor. He is my Father. He's listening to me. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I prayed the simple prayer of intercession because God looks for someone to Stand in the gap. And you don't have to be a national evangelist. You don't have to be a great theologian. Someone said Satan trembles when he sees the weakest Christian on their knees. Because it's not their power. It's God's power that is getting ready to be released. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. After we had prayed, got the tailboard, went back to work, I was astonished that no one moved and everyone was reverent. They removed their hard hats, put it over their heart, bowed their heads, and I know God was pleased. God was pleased. God was pleased. The communications guy come over and he said, Robert, I'm a Vietnam veteran. My job in Vietnam was to take body bags and load them on transport planes. He said, I saw so much death. I saw so much carnage. I lost my faith in God. Because I said, how could a good God permit this kind of thing to occur if He has the power to do something about it? And he said... I used to go to church with my family, take them to church, but I haven't been to church since I returned from Vietnam. And I was going to try to, you know, help him to get his faith back. He didn't need that. While standing in that circle, God opened his heart, revealed his faithfulness, let him know it wasn't God who was causing this trouble. It's rebellious man who refuses to bow to God and giving place to a devil that came to steal, kill, and destroy. And he said, but I sense something today that I haven't sensed since I mustered out of the United States Army. He said, Sunday, I'm going to church and I'm taking my family with me. Hallelujah. And I said, Lord, thank you for, for a prayer that not only interceded for the nation, but while interceding for the nation, someone felt the presence that was beside Highway 60. Someone sensed the God of goodness and the God of glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then people begin to want me on their line crew. Because they figured if something's going to go wrong, that guy's going to pray. He don't just know CPR. <laughs> He's going to pray. If I get in trouble, the man is going to pray. And there's been answers evidenced already. Hallelujah. Praise God. You see, God is glorified. When prayers are answered. 
And that's why I have an assignment. Listen, to, to listen to what Jesus said. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. I want to stop right there for a moment. You've got to know the will of God and adjust your desire to it. This is the confidence we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, we know that we have the answer. If you know you got the answer when you pray, then you receive it at that point, whether it's manifest or not. As far as God is concerned and you're concerned, it's a done deal. It don't mean you don't pray anymore about that. But you're praying about it to express your faith that God is faithful to perform it. That's why the Word is so important. We're in a biblically illiterate generation, church included. What would happen if you spent some time, more time in God's Word? Well, I'll tell you what would happen. Faith comes by hearing. And not just going to church for an hour, but receiving God's Word. Can you say, man? It was Moody, D.L. Moody said, I prayed for years. I prayed for years for faith to come. For faith to come. I needed to believe God to accomplish this for him. Believe God to accomplish that for him. He said, I prayed for years for faith to come. And one day I was reading in Scripture. You see, it's one thing to read it and one thing to be reading it and then something just jump out. And you see something. And you see it for yourself. All of it is holy word, holy writ. It's called logos. But when there's a revelation of the logos, it's called rhema. It enlightens you. You see it. You don't just believe it because the preacher said it or the Word said it. You believe it because you see it for yourself in the Word. And he said, I was reading one day, and I read, Faith cometh by hearing. He said, I quit praying for faith and got in the Word, not to just get a sermon to preach to others, but to read it for myself. And he said, faith has been growing ever since. Used to in Pentecost, you couldn't get nobody to a Bible study because that was boring. Preacher had to run around the church three times to just get people's attention to even begin to try to teach. If he would shout and dance, I heard about a preacher one time that got a new belt buckle in Texas. A big Texas belt buckle Sterling silver with a gold steer on it. He was so proud of that. He got that big belt buckle. He must have been short like me because he walked out from the podium, caught the belt buckle on the side of the podium, spun around three times, fell down and jumped back up and continued to preach. The whole church went crazy, praising God. They thought, <laughs> they thought the Holy Spirit had got a hold of him. True story. Amen? Touch of Pentecost had occurred. But they didn't learn anything. They didn't learn anything. They didn't have any more knowledge 
when they walked out than when they walked in. They didn't have any more faith when they walked out and they walked in. But if you get in the Word of God and the Word of God gets in you, the Bible said it will bring forth fruit. Thirty, sixty, and one hundredfold. Hallelujah. And one of the products of the Word in your life and mine is faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We know what Ophrah has said and her guests have said. We know what they've said on The View. We know what Trump tweeted. Amen? Headline news. We know so much stuff. We know which starlet and which star are getting a divorce. We know who's having trouble, and we know, we know, we know, we know. But the Bible lays there. Big, big book. (laughs) You know the story well. You know, pastor's coming over for, for lunch, for dinner, whatever you call the noon meal now, lunch, I guess. He's coming over. They got a big Bible. It's dusty, big family Bible. Nobody ever reads the thing. But it sits somewhere in the house on the coffee table, under the coffee table. They get it out from under the coffee table because the preacher's coming and put it on the coffee table. It's got dust on it. And they go in the kitchen and they're, they've had their meal and they tell their little boy, because pastor said, if I had my Bible with me, I'd show you that scripture that you asked the question about. And oh, they were so happy because they had it on top of the coffee table in the living room. So they told their little boy, five years old, they said, go get that big book that we love so much and bring it in. He come back with the Sears catalog. That book that we're always reading, he come back with the Sears catalog. Amen. You know what used to take me back as I hurry today? What used to take me back is the Sunday school plant in churches that didn't have what we have in terms of the Holy Spirit. A big old Sunday school plant, big as the church was. I taught a pastor's Bible study on Sunday morning. Eight people showed up. Come time for the Sunday morning camp meeting service at the Holy Church of God. Over a hundred people showed up. One time we used the balcony. As long as people were prophesied over, falling out under the power of God, seeing the preacher so highly anointed, people came. They came, but they didn't learn. They didn't learn. They did not learn. My people perish. One reason. One reason it's not God's unfaithfulness, God's failure to keep His promises. One reason my people perish for a lack of knowledge. My people are filled with bondage for the exact same reason my people go into captivity for a lack of knowledge. But they that know their God will be strong and they will do exploits. Can you say man? Hallelujah. So don't let the wise man glory in his wisdom. Don't let the mighty man glory in his might. Don't let the rich man glory in his riches. But he that 
glorious. Here's something you can boast in without being proud. Something you can boast in that will bring honor to God. Amen. To glory in means to boast in. Let Him glory in this, that He knows and understands me, saith God. Israel saw His wonders when He brought them out of Egypt, but it wasn't. they had no faith to go into the promised land. They saw these miracles, but they had no faith when an obstacle come up and a setback came. In fact, they were worse than no faith. They accused Him. Our God must hate us to bring us out here and abandon us in the wilderness. We can't have that land. And the Bible said they provoked Him in the wilderness, Psalm 78. How often did they provoke Him in the wilderness? Yea, they turned back and limited did something circumstances can't do, demons can't do, devils can't do, but we can do. That's why the devil works on us over time. We have the power to limit God. In his own hometown, no mighty work. Jesus, 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 God incarnate, no mighty work because of their unbelief. They limited God. Nothing is impossible with God, and nothing is impossible to him that believeth. For they that come to God must imperative believe that he is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe. If you can't believe when you pray, then you need to get in the Word of God. And you need to get the Word of God in you. There's time for Facebook. Hours. Look at my and my Bible just a minute. Everybody say faith book. It takes time. It takes effort. Diligently seeking Him means getting in the Word, not just fasting until they can stick you through a keyhole and crying out to Him. Can you say amen? It means getting in the Word until the Word gets in you until you start praying according to the Word which is according to His will. And if you can't find it in the Word, then you pray in the Spirit. For the, the Spirit searches the deep things of God. And the Bible said, Paul said, when I pray in the Spirit, he that prays in the Spirit prays. The Spirit prays through him in tongues. Why? In the will, for he knows the will of God, he prays according to the will of God. I have prayed with my understanding. I will pray with the Spirit. When I pray in tongues, I'm praying in the Spirit. And whatever I'm praying, hallelujah, though my understanding is unfruitful, his understanding, amen, is, is, is complete and perfect. And I have felt a release after praying in tongues to say, I don't have to keep praying anymore. I know he's heard it. He prayed through me. God prayed through me to himself. 
so that he could do what he wills to do. Nothing lies beyond the reach of prayer, but that that lies beyond the will of God. So get in the Word and find out His will. Come and hear the Word so that faith can grow. And one of these days, you're going to pray and believe. You know, God is so on top of things. Don't try to get your prayer through to Him because He bends down and listens, David said. He's so on top of things. He said, "While if you're in His will praying, while you are yet praying, not after you pray, but while you're praying, He will answer. Let me tell you what David said. He said, The day, not when I see it manifest, but the day that I pray, my enemies turn back. This one thing I know, God is for me. Can you say amen? So I don't wait to see the manifest answer. The de- see, it's happening in the Old Covenant. This is not just New Covenant stuff. The day that I pray, they turn back. Does that mean that He sees it happen? No, it means as far as He's concerned and God is concerned, it's done because He prayed in the will of God. Hath He not said it and will He not do it? How many will make some adjustments this week? God wants to help you. God wants to be glorified when He does. God wants His name to be magnified by a testimony in your life. If you're you're being tested right now, God wants to turn your test into a testimony. No test, no testimony. Hallelujah. But through testings, I have a testimony. And I'm so glad my wife was telling her doctor about my doctor, which is not her doctor. They're all mad at me because I don't have a primary. I believe in doctors. I believe God gave them the knowledge they have. I also believe if it ain't broke, I'm not broke. I'm talking about physically. I want to clarify that before we leave here today. So you're giving the offering. Anyway, moving right along. God is faithful. I want to report to you God is faithful. And I want to report to you when prayers are answered, people sit up and they take notice. My last day at Tampa Electric, I'll never forget it. (laughs) I was up sweeping out the back of my truck. Lyman walked by and saw me. It's my last day. I'm going into full-time ministry. I'm going to leave the security of Tico for the end. <laughs> and put myself out by faith in God and God's people. Forty-five years ago, I had my last day at Tampa Electric after five and a half years with them. <laughs> Lyman saw me sweeping out my truck. He said, if it was my last day here, I wouldn't be sweeping out no truck. I said, well, I'm not doing it for Tampa Electric. He said, I, I, I said, I'm doing it for my master. He said, I thought it was something like that. You think it's not speaking, these things? You think they don't know when you're serving God? You don't have to 
put up a big platform and sound off. Just, just, just love the Lord and, and serve Him. Praise God. And then I came around the corner, and there was the whole line crew I was on that day as an equipment operator. I got better at it, but I didn't quit praying. <laughs> I never got that good at anything, preaching included. And we stood around together. And I remember my foreman, and this is another tough guy. He was, no, he was a tough guy. He said, I bet you all pray for I bet you prayed for us every day. standing there getting ready, a bunch of them to go to the bar. And, you know, they're known as tough guys because they do a tough job. He said, I bet you prayed for us every day. I said, I did. Every single day. And you know what he said? He said, well, I'm going to ask you something. I think I speak for everybody here. He said, would you continue to pray for us? And I knew God. That's unusual, folks. Get that Christian out of the way. He convicts me. He makes me feel bad about my sin. Get him out of the way. Get him good riddance. No. Somebody was standing in the gap. Somebody was calling their name before a prayer answering God. And they didn't want to lose that. They missed someone that prayed in their behalf. And I pray that a seed was sown. Praise God. You remember when the disciples would go somewhere and it's like the fragrance of the Lord would remain? Hallelujah. They left, they left something of the, the presence and essence of Christ. Folks, I'm going to tell you, there's something in this praying thing. There's something the devil fears and fights tooth and toenail. It is the most underused weapon in our arsenal. And yet every piece of armor is placed on the Christian so we can pray effectively. Because after putting it all on in Ephesians 6.10, it says, the very next verse said, praying with all prayer all manner of prayer and supplication for me and all saints that utterance may be given unto me he said i've taught you how to win spiritual battles so you can win it in the arena where it counts in prayer if you can pray effectively you can stand and nothing can stop you and nothing can stop me but if we stop praying and stop believing we're easily defeated by our enemy can you say man hallelujah well did you get anything out of this teaching today will you stand to your feet and let's give god some glory we're going to receive the offering i'm going to ask you to bring it if you will and just put it right there we're so tied in here we want to pass it brother terry would you do the honors today? Praise God. Amen. And, and don't be as intimidating as Josh was. Amen. Just keep smiling. All right. God is good today. I want to thank you for your giving. I want to lay hands on you. Would you come right here real quick and we'll do that before we leave? Our sister has been invited to teach Scripture at... Florida Bible Institute, I believe it's full gospel assembly of God covered. So uh, 
we're going to set her forth today to do that. Amen. Hallelujah. Then the anointing of God comes on you. Uh, the, the, the self-consciousness and all of that goes all the way out the window. Praise God. And the anointing of God comes when we are about our Father's business. Hallelujah. If a door opens, believe me, the anointing of God is on us to go through that door. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lay hands on my sister today. Lord, as she is, is called and, and qualified to speak in your behalf. She has a certification scripturally to do this. But Lord, there's no substitute, and she knows it, for the anointing. And they know it at this Bible Institute, because this is a full gospel Bible Institute. And they know without the Holy Spirit, we are limited to man's ingenuity, man's intelligence, man's abilities. But when the Holy Spirit comes, God's power comes into focus. God's power comes into play. And I pray that what she does, she will do in the name of Jesus for the glory of God by the power of God through the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ and for the glory of God. And I thank you, Lord, that you're raising up people that will influence other people to trust you, believe you, and stand true to you in the closing annals of man's history on this planet and the soon coming of Jesus. Hallelujah. For the glory of God, take a portion of the anointing that's on me and let it rest upon her today. In Jesus' name, there's plenty of it left. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Father, we receive this offering in the name of Jesus for the glory of God, and we thank you for it right now. And everyone said amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.